everybody, this is the King Teeth Network. We back with another amazing interview. We have somebody here who is an artist, who is an author, who is a um, creative, who is a personality, um, somebody who I have been able to see grow, see develop, and just have the confidence to just shake a room. Um, I have Miss Ebony Daniels in the building. What's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm not an artist, though. You are not an artist, and I, I did am. say that. That's and you know what's you, funny? You interview artists, though. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. We interview a lot of artists, so yeah. that's what I start with every time. Like, mm, no. Mm -mm. When I said it, I don't make music. I'm like, I don't make music. When I, when I said that, I was like, why did I say that? <laughs> but I'm going to just keep rolling. <laughs> yeah, it's good. How you been? I've been good. How you been? I'm good. I'm yeah, good. I'm I know. Good. You, you look great. Thank you. You got the... You had the pod, now you got a whole network. Look, you know, um, you we trying to do something. Expand and reach. <laughs> Expand and reach. Yeah. Yes. But yes. Yeah, that's dope. Dope. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, we are here at the Big Hef radio station. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, part Nerve, of it, right? Yeah, so Nerve DJ's headquarters. Uh -huh. Okay. And Shout out to Nerve DJ. I don't know him, but I want to. Right, but Nerve, <laughs> Nerve DJ's is like a conglomerate of DJ's. Put together by the Grand Wizard DJ DJ Johnny O. Okay. And Big Hef, and um, it's just a large pool of DJs nationwide and some global. Mm -hmm. And they um, and they break they break tracks. They break tracks. Okay. You know that's what, I mean? what they're so, known for. Yeah, they're known to be this large uh, DJs movement mm -hmm. and they break tracks and so a lot of a lot of artists want to get their music to them mm -hmm. and let them play it on their radio stations in the clubs mm -hmm. at parties like whatever that DJ specializes in or whatever mm -hmm. so Nerve DJs is turning 18 um, well, shout out to y'all yeah so Nerve that DJs is. they're turning 18 this this um this September this September yeah, okay so they're gonna have a big anniversary Extravaganza weekend starting the seventeenth of September here in, here in Cleveland. Here in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, you gotta get there. The Nerve DJs is definitely about to put on for the city, and a lot of people plan to come in town for it. And stuff. That's huge. That's huge. Okay, yeah. so I that's did not where know we that. are. Yeah, so that's where we are. This is the Nerve DJs headquarters, but they also have radio shows uh -huh. that come, and Big Head Radio Show is one of them, and I'm a, I'm a co-host on there. There we go. Yeah, um, one of the best co-hosts in the city. I appreciate that. I appreciate um, that. How did you? I don't even want to start there because that's 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 a big thing right there. Yeah. I want to um go back to um who is Ebony? Like, where mm -hmm. did you get started? Like, how did you even get into radio? Like, all of that stuff. So honestly, Ebony, as far as like everybody knows, is a child welfare advocate. Okay. Had nothing to do with radio. Right. You know what I mean? Not that I had anything against it, but my life story before Big Have Radio and like all that stuff. It had nothing to do with radio. It had nothing to do with entertainment, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, um, were you always a fan of entertainment? Yeah, for sure. Always okay. was. Okay. Always loved music. Uh -huh. Always kind of felt like, oh, that's what y'all do. I could do that. You <laughs> know what I mean? But that's not that. That wasn't what I saw for myself at the time. It wasn't my trajectory or what have you. Right. And so I went to school. I got a undergrad degree. I got a master's degree. You know what I'm saying? Um, Big time. Worked in early childhood education. Worked at Head Start, you know what okay. I mean, and now I work in foster care. So I literally work a nine to five in foster care with teenage boys. Wow. <clears throat> ages 13 to 21. So I kind of went for, and I used to be a toddler teacher, which is kind of strange. But um, wow. I used to work with young kids, five mm -hmm. and under, mm -hmm. and now I work with teenage boys or what have you. But um, How was that jump? 
working with no, it's not different at all really it's not and that's no shade to young men mm -hmm. but young men in the position of where they are when i when we have them they're kind of like in a toddler stage really? you know what okay. I mean? like they're trying to find their fit they're, they're trying to express themselves mm -hmm. they're trying to find the words to express themselves mm -hmm. they need constant like reassurance you know what I mean? You. They yeah. need the support mm, as they go through this transition of being a teenager, being outside of their home, their family's home. And so it's like a lot of the skills that I would have used to help a toddler, I don't know, potty train. It's like the same skills I used to help a young man learn how to apply for a job. Keeping it as simple as possible. Yeah, you keep it simple. It's this step, here, mm -hmm. here, here, and then you're done. And not overwhelming. And they don't get it right the first time, like you don't potty train right the first time. So you do it again. It's the same steps here, there, and there. And then you get it done. And you, it's just repetition until you get comfortable enough to do it yourself. That's potty training. Yeah. That's job searching. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like... A lot of people thought it was going to be like that. Like, how you how you work for teenage boys? How, how did you get here? You know, mm -hmm. but I got there because the job I was working for, they closed. Ooh. And I was unemployed. And then that particular agency that I work for now, they needed someone to fill a space. And mm -hmm. I was able to fill the space. At the time. At the time. And, and I was just, yours. And now I stuck with it in yeah. X, Y, and Z. So that's really. So that's always been your core. Yeah. So that's really like who I am. Like, uh -huh. I, I am somebody who care about the youth, work with the youth, mm -hmm. been working with the youth. Mm -hmm. um, want want to see them do good, you know, want to make sure that they get the best, like, I don't know, type of, because my, my one degree is in, in developmental psych psychology. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just making sure that to the best of my ability, their development is normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing's ever really normal, but that's my thing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, but after a while, your thing gets to be a little like, is this really who I am, or is this really who I want to be, or Got you. do you not, do I not think I can't do something else? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you don't want to become stagnant. And that's kind of what. And so then that's when I started looking into something else. Got you know you. what I mean? Looking into something else. Mm -hmm. So just really quick, like I used to um, wear glasses. Like when you met me, mm -hmm. I, I wore glasses. Yeah. And um, I just recently had a LASIK surgery, so that's neither here nor there. What? Don't you worry yourself. <laughs> um, but I wore glasses, right? And I used to always, to, to what I felt like, I wore good glasses, nice glasses, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, I could always be like um, a model for glasses. Mm. And so I was at the mall one day with my mother, and there was a kiosk, and they were looking for models, and I signed up. And then like, I took these classes down in Akron for modeling and all this jazz. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a competition in LA okay. with that same organization but they sent me there for talent mm -hmm. not necessarily for modeling they sent me there for talent so for talent I had to do like improv mm -hmm. I had to do um on camera hosting oh wow you know so that was your first yeah so I had you? to do all of that and you know that type of hosting that you see somebody do at like the red carpet yeah. or something like that and so I had to do that was one of my competition competitions and um some other things, you know what I mean? So I had gotten like second place in improv, wow. honorable mention and honorable mention, excuse me, in um, the hosting wow. and all that stuff. How was it for you? It was experience? fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's um it's called I M T A. Um, which of course I can't think of the letters and what they mean right now, but it's like an international oh, International Model and Talent Association. Mm -hmm. And this was before COVID. So this was January twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. 
and, and um, they would do LA in January and mm-hmm. they do New York in July. And that got canceled. No, no, no. They had it. Oh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just they just had IMTA in Orlando. Now I don't know if they were always doing it in Orlando, but they actually just had it in Orlando. And and, and people they come from all over the world mm-hmm. to this event. Yeah. Representing their agency, representing themselves, trying to get um, signed because there's um, agents there that are signing models, wow. signing dancers, yeah. artists perform there. Okay. Um, modeling. So we talking about print modeling, uh, runway modeling. Mm-hmm. Like I said, talent. So actors. Uh, YouTube stars, all that type of stuff. So they do all this type of stuff at this IMTA thing. Mm-hmm. And um, our agency is in is in Akron. It's called Pro Model and Talent, mm-hmm. and they're in Akron. And they take um, and you you know you you fundraise and you plan and you train and you raise money and all this jazz. But they take like I don't even know. It had to be like thirty two of us, or maybe a little bit more. But they and they take kids there because they do kids talent. Yeah. And all this stuff, and you do all these competitions, and the people are watching you and stuff. And then there are, like I said, agents there, mm-hmm. agents that are there. You know, MMG or um, now I can't remember some of the people's names, <laughs> but there, there are agents there looking for new talent, what mm-hmm. they call new talent, new faces. And so it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how did you continue? Are you still with them now? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so, awesome. So I'm still with. Um, pro model and talent, and then I did get signed to Mannequin um, Talent Agency, Ooh, and you. with them, and, and what you do after you do the competitions, because you did the competitions, the people like you, they call you back for personal auditions, mm. and so I, I might have got called to about five or six personal auditions wow. or what have you, but I did walk away with um, the man the Mannequin affiliation. That's amazing. And so, you know, I get information about castings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Through them, they're originally out of Florida, but they're nationwide. They're they're international, but they're originally they're out of Florida. And then um and then Pro Models out of Akron. Okay. You know, and so so I'll be honest, it's a little harder for me for the mannequin castings because um, I because I work. Well, their castings are nationwide. Oh, That's wow. neither here nor there. Wow. It's just I do I do work. Mm-hmm. So like if I did get a casting and it, it's like I don't you know, it could be in Atlanta, it could be in New York, it could it get it get a little hard for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. But but the ones with pro model, they're they're way more likely to be in Ohio, mm-hmm. maybe Michigan, maybe um what's that, Tennessee or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um in the and so region. yeah, like in the in this region. Yeah. And um And you try to take advantage of Yeah, so there. you know and if their client reaches out to them and they're interested in teeth, mm-hmm. they'll ask you, are you available? You'll say you are, and then it's up to them to make the final decision if you're the look they really want to go with. Oh, okay. So they you don't know. waste your time. Yeah, they don't waste your time. Like, they, they will That's reach really out good. to you if they're interested in you, but then they'll let you know if they are going to move forward with mm-hmm. the look that you have. And, um, so I've been able to do a couple of photo shoots and stuff like that. Absolutely. You know, and um, I just, yeah. So that was your first kind of breakaway from that was the breakaway from the social services scene. Okay, mm-hmm. and now you've developed that now. Right. From, so that started in twenty nineteen. Right. So you've been able to develop that now into a not a full time but a consistent radio host. Yeah. Uh, you do different um, act or roles and shoots and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. Has it been enough for you to get away from that side? Or no. Is it about, it's not enough. No, it's not. So I. COVID happened, yes. like you said. But before COVID happened, 
And I came back and I said, well, I have, I did the, you know, I did the LA competition. It was fun. No problem. Mm -hmm. And then I, maybe I shouldn't have done it. Maybe I jinxed myself. I'm not really sure. But I kind of knew I wasn't going to be able to just like quit my job and be available for a um, casting that may come my way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you hate to kind of think that like that. That was your dream, like, yeah, like always. It, yeah, it just, it kind of just puts you in a place where it's like, I, I don't want to, like, sell myself short, but I, I, I'm i a practical person. Absolutely, me too. Like, I'm, I'm real practical, I'm real rational, and, and maybe sometimes I'm a little too fearful at times, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I can be honest with myself. And so, I just was like, what else can I do? Like, mm -hmm. how else can I flip this? Absolutely. And um, reached out to a friend of mine who was having a um, fashion, fashion show, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm trying to get into this hosting. Do you mind if I co-host your... Because she already had a host. Mm -hmm. It was Ro Digger. Whoa. <laughs> so I was like, do you mind if I co-host your show? Like, will you give me a shot to start this live hosting? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it's no problem. I've known her all my life. Not Ro, but the, the um, boutique owner. Shout out to Toy. And, and so, yeah. So she had this fashion show at Mitchell's. And um, I co-hosted it with Ro. And um, talked to Ro a little bit, and she was like, so are you trying to get, what are you trying to get into? And she was like, are you trying to get in radio? And I was like, no, not really. I'm trying to get into this, this live hosting mm -hmm. thing. Interestingly enough, she asked me, was I trying to get into radio? That's and I crazy. was like, no. <laughs> you Did know? it even cross your mind before that? No. That's dope. I was like, That's no. Hard. Shout I'm out Ro Digger. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. Shout out to Ro. So I was like, no, that, no. Nah. You know, but, um, I, but I do believe I told her, like, but I'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So, so I hosted for that. Mm -hmm. So that was your first time. Yeah, and so then um, reached out to my boy Watts, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, Watts," because everybody know. Um, if you don't know, you know your boy BK, BKA Watts. Um, he's huge. He does. Yeah, he's he's pretty big, popular. He does a lot of media. He has yeah. his own podcast and yeah. all that type of stuff. He was hosting events at. Um, B-side and all that Was type of really? stuff. Yeah. So I reached out to him like, you know, why I'm trying to, you know, get into this um, hosting. And He's I in know, LA now, right? Mm -hmm, he here in Cleveland. Okay. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get into this hosting, you know, keep your girl in mind. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, yeah, no, no problem. Like, so he's like, you got to come up with a stage name. And, you know, he's like, all this stuff. And I was just like, I'm too old for a stage name. <laughs> like, I, I've been Ebony for a really long time. Yeah. Like, I'm going to just keep it funky. I'll be Ebony. So um, I was like, but I'll keep that in mind. You know what I mean? And um, reached out to me, and he was like, yeah, I'm about to be a part of this poetry night. Okay. Um, she and he, um, that's not what it was called, but <laughs> <laughs> it was basically a, a woman panel and a male panel. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I remember and that. That, so was, that was cool. He was like, and we need a female host. Mm -hmm. He was like, I think you'd be the best compliment to my guy, Crisis. Never knew crisis a day in my life. Wow. Okay. So he was we'll like, to it. he was yeah. like, the show is this Friday. Are you available? Down. I'm, I'm available. He was like, okay, cool. So I came out. Um, it was at the rebar mm -hmm. and um, met crisis, and it was just like easy, easy, like natural. natural. Like the girls won that night. Shout out to the girls. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Yeah. Um, Cause y'all won anything. But it was um, easy. Smooth. It was so easy to play off of each other. Mm -hmm. So, 
everybody got along. Everybody that was on the panel got along. The, like I said, myself and Crisis got along, and it was just easy. So we did it again. Okay. So we had another one. It was um, at Captivate. Shout out Captivate. Yeah, so we had one. It was at Captivate. That's the one I remember. Yeah. And the was, second one. So, yeah, yeah okay. that was the second one. And then we ended up kind of having a third one with a twist, but Crisis couldn't make it, so I ended up hosting mm. that one by myself. Mm. So that was How my was that first dynamic? time. So it was cool. Like, it, it was okay. okay. You know what I mean? Um, it worked out. There was no, you know... There was no mix-ups or mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, it felt a little awkward because I was expecting to have him. Oh, But gotcha. I told them, like, no, I will still come because I wanted to have the opportunity to, to see if I could host it by myself. If I could host different. something by myself. You yeah, it's gotta, very different. You got to roll with everything. Yeah. And that's how I met Crisis. So, boom. Then I'm like... And that was 2019 still. Right. The so you end. had a really good 2019. Yeah, so that was the end of 2019. And we were going to do it again. So this is all, all of this. All of this is 2019. This is all in two years. Yeah. Like where you are now. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So all of that was in 2019. I said, hey, crisis, like, I got to pick up another skill. I need to pick up another skill. And he was like, well, come. I, I do radio. Um, you should come through. I, I'll introduce you to this guy. Um, he has a radio station. I'll be up there on Thursday. Absolutely. So that was Voice It Radio. Okay. So Voice It Radio, shout out to EP. His name is Errol. Mm -hmm. But um, shout out to EP. I came up here that uh, Voice It Radio used to be in this, in this headquarters too. Mm -hmm. So it was Voice It Radio and Nerve BJ. Okay. I came up. He introduced me to EP. I trained under EP so I know how to engineer. Oh. So he taught skill. me how to engineer the shows that was here under Voice It Radio. That's a skill set. You can go get a job. Yeah, and so one day I was here and Crisis was doing a big half radio show. So mm -hmm. it was just Crisis. I had never met half, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I, I did know about half. I, I knew about him. He's a big guy to know about, that's for sure. Yeah, I knew about him, but I had never met I had never seen him a day in my life. He is like a ghost sometimes. Yeah, I had never seen him. So we just passed him the day and I was like, oh God, that's him. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. And then he just was gone. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he got an event tonight. So I was here and, um, Crisis, like, I don't know, I guess he was lonely. I don't know. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you trying to get on the mic? And I was like, no. You know, like, get on the mic to say what? And so I was just like, um, sure, I'll get on. So I got on. I don't even remember who was interviewing that day. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, come back next week. I, I actually work around the corner on St. Clair. So oh, we're on Euclid Avenue, and mm -hmm. I work on St. Clair. Mm -hmm. Literally. So you just... <laughs> so I... Was like, sure, I'll come back. And I just kept coming back. Mm -hmm. And then maybe two, maybe three weeks in or something like that, Hef comes mm -hmm. to his own show. <laughs> you know, and so Hef comes. That's how you and know he you was the like, boss. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, so Hef, you know, Crisis tells me you're on the show now? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's dope. <laughs> and then it was just, it just was over. Like, it literally went like that and then I just been on the show ever since and then COVID hit. Yeah. So talk about that time. Yeah. So you you're on the show now officially. You're rolling. You got this. You got everything kinda going your way when in terms of getting something outside of your natural habitat. Right. Then boom. I mean when you, when you talk about pers a radio personality, when you talk about hosting, COVID killed almost all of that. For a very for like a good six months, we would, didn't know what was really going to happen. Yeah. 
So going into COVID, kind of what 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 was your mindset like when everything shut down? Um, so of course, like everything shut down, and I guess like so did yeah. I guess so. We I think we snuck in here a couple times. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't shut down right away, but we snuck in here a couple times and we did the show, uh-huh. and, you know, and all this stuff. And then um, the OG got sick, oh. so Johnny O caught COVID, oh, no. and he was really sick. Yeah. Um. He was hospital bound and everything, oh, and man. it was over with. Mm-hmm. It was over with. Like nobody was coming in here. Okay. You know what I mean? Nobody was they allowed to. It was about. a wrap. Like it was a wrap until we found out if he was gonna be good, which yeah. he is. So Johnny O, good. A.K. Great. Um, but at that time, it was over. Like yeah. we were, and 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 Did we had know? done like. We didn't even like we didn't even go remote. Like no. I know at Voice It Radio, eventually Voice It Radio moves and he um is on the other side of town. So Voice It Radio is on the other side of town at the East End neighborhood mm-hmm. um rec center or mm-hmm. what have you. That's over in the Wood Hill neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm engineering a show over, over there, there for them, but I'm not hosting over here for us because it was a wrap in the in the headquarters over here. Mm-hmm. Some of the shows over there at, at um, Voice of Radio, they're doing it remotely. Like some of them are remote, so they're doing their show, but they're doing it via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Nothing for us. <laughs> so I, I was okay with like it was okay. I understood what it was because it was really about Johnny O's health. Right. It wasn't about like oh when we gonna get back in. It was like what's the update on Johnny O? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it, it was cool. Like. It just was what it was. So you were just rolling with the punches mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, it just was what it was. I was we was just gonna wait it out. Um But you knew you was coming back. Yeah. Like you. Yeah, like we like I knew I was gonna come back, crisis was gonna like Hef was gonna bring the show back, uh-huh. all that type of stuff. But it was like but we're not doing anything. This this studio wasn't doing anything yeah. until we found out how how he was gonna be. Mm-hmm. And so in the meantime I was just engineering the other show. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, um, are you, do you, how is your job job now? What right. is that situation? So during about? COVID, I work every single day. I go in every single wow. day. Okay. Because I work, like, so I work at um, a group, like a, a group home agency. Mm-hmm. But basically, like, the boys live there 24-7. Oh, wow. So we have to care for them. Absolutely. You know we what I'm saying? can't just shut down. It, yeah, we don't shut down. We never close. We never, it's, it's, we well-oiled machine like we're always moving yeah and so it ain't really the job that you can work from home i can work from home probably once a week i could pull off working from home i got i can i can refer you know respond to my emails Mm -hmm. i can do x take my phone calls you Mm -hmm. know what i mean on my work phone and all that stuff but it's really not the type of job that you can just work from home because eventually the boys need me. They yeah. need to they need see to you. see you. They need to talk to you. They need to work with you on some stuff mm-hmm. and like all this jazz. And so it really ain't the type of job that you can work from home. Okay. So we going in every day. Every day. Me, my Through COVID. the COVID. Through the COVID. I worked every single day. I left my house every day when it wasn't nobody else on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but me and three other cars because they was considered essential workers. Mm-hmm. Probably and, workers. Yeah, and um, and I went to work every wow. day through wow. the COVID. Did that keep but you shout sane? Shout out to the COVID because shout that's what happens when you're uh, an essential worker. And, you know, 
Absolutely. The money that helped that. Absolutely. So did, did you um did you how did you how were you feeling that at, at that time? Like I mean, you seem like a a person who doesn't like let things rattle them too much, too fast. It's just mm-hmm. like I'm just gonna roll with this and then I'm just gonna make the best of it. Well, I, I wish I could be that way for everything. <laughs> but because it never changed for me, right? Okay, so here here you go. COVID come down, everybody's like, what's going on? What is this? It's mm-hmm. not that serious. It's going to be gone, X, Y, and Z. The kids was about to go on spring break. Everybody got to remember, the kids was about to go on spring break. Mm-hmm. And that Friday, Governor DeWine says, spring break is three weeks. This is how COVID happened. Spring break is three weeks. Because they were trying and to... We will update you when when we find out more about this disease because they weren't trying to cancel everything at first right. they were trying to just extend the spring right. break right got you guys okay so that's how this starts right like mm-hmm. in, in, at least in the state of ohio mm-hmm. the wine says we're making spring break three weeks mm-hmm. okay i wasn't expecting my kid my boys to be home for three weeks but bet i'll deal with it they'll be fine right only for the wine to be like you know what just shut all this shit down. Right. You know, and so right. So then they're twenty four seven. So it literally never changed for us. Mm. Nothing was ever really different for us because we were always going to work every day. They was going to go on spring break anyway. Mm-hmm. It just got extended. Mm-hmm. So then we were just kind of put in a position where it was like, now we have to tell the boys, this is what's going on, and this is what we expect from you. Please stay in the house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Don't get to going out trying to see your friends or trying to do all of this stuff. We'll get back to you when we find out from the county if y'all can visit your families. What's gonna be the protocol for visiting your family mm-hmm. and all this stuff? And so it was really like maybe it was damage control, but it really was just like panic control. Absolutely. Like make sure the boys don't panic about what's going on because none of us know anything. Yeah. So if we just try to make sure that they don't panic, yet don't keep things from them like they dummies, this will be fine. Like, we'll work this out. Mm-hmm. And I guess we did. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, got like, through it. We got through it. I, I mean, none of my boys ever had COVID. Oh, that's to amazing. our knowledge. That's amazing. We had a few tested, and it came out negative. I had one young man who had been sick before COVID was even announced. Pretty confident he had it. Okay. I mean, he was sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so we're pretty sure he had it, but... That was back when, like, a lot of people, like I said, before COVID was announced. And a lot of people was getting sick, and everybody was being told they either had pneumonia or upper respiratory infection. Right. Okay. He was told he had an upper respiratory infection. You know what I mean? And, and, and we kept oh, yeah. him. You know, it, yeah. it was here before they and wanted we kept to say him in his, Yeah, we kept him in his room, and, and he felt terrible, you know, and all this stuff. And then, and then that was over with. And life was so until they went on a three-week spring break absolutely and so for me I don't even know like I think that I just kept pushing through it and going to work probably saved me because that's what I'm thinking I don't have kids and like all this stuff mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so it kept your routine it kept my so routine so you couldn't even really tell well you could you I could see mm-hmm. and you could see but it's like internally like yeah subconsciously you didn't have to worry about it as much yeah I probably it probably definitely kept my sanity for real to be I agree you know and a I lot agree. of people was like so like how you doing like how's work and you know 
when you guys gonna go back? And I'm like, go back. I go to work every morning. When am I gonna go back? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. I gotta be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it it probably did keep my sanity to know that like nothing's changed for me in respect to like where am I gonna go? How am I gonna get through this particular pay my day? Bills. How am yeah? How am I gonna you know pay my bills? How am I gonna keep my sanity? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. So yeah. Okay, so in COVID, right? I believe this is when you dropped your book. I dropped, well, I did drop a book, but it wasn't, I mean, we in COVID. We still in. We still in COVID. But no, not in the height. I literally just dropped my book a couple months ago. Right, right, right. So but last yeah. year, no, nah, last year, I don't even, I can't even remember when we came back did to you the write show. Did you last year? Mm -mm, I wrote the book in five days. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was a part of a, like, Write your ebook in five days type of program type okay. of situation. Shout out to Conscious Consultant, um, my girl Shayla Turner. She's from Cleveland. She lives in Texas. Um, so how does that go about? What What is the book? First off, for everybody, yeah. Um, what is the book, and then how does what is the what is the kind of the program you went through? Yeah. So my book is called An Apple from Every Student, and it's a guide to help you, you know, understand your, the experiences of your students who who have experiences in foster care. Oh, and right um, I love it. Conscious Consultant, she she just was somebody I had been following on IG for quite some time. Mm -hmm. She worked with small businesses, helping them plan and execute and um, diversify and all that type of stuff. So it was just something I had been watching for watching her do for a long time. And then I become a, I became a member, and you know when you're a member, you get perks and stuff. That's dope. So then she just kept talking about, you know, like digital products and mm -hmm. having something that you don't have to have tangible with yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I had been having this thought on my mind for a while because I work with youth in foster Absolutely. care and they go to school wherever they go to school at, here mm -hmm. in the city. Mm -hmm. None of them have to go to the same school. Mm -hmm. And so that means that I interact with a lot of teachers and a lot of teachers, um, I have no idea who's ringing a doorbell. I don't know what's that. Pretty is. unique. Um, a lot of teachers ask me a lot of questions. Okay. I just, I've been working in foster care eight years, and a lot of teachers ask me a lot of questions. That's great. And so I was just like, I know I can put something together that would at least, if nothing else, be a start to answering a lot of the basic questions that they have. Absolutely. Because after a while, nothing is universal anymore. Your mm -hmm. story is different than my story, mm -hmm. which then affects how we interact in school with uh, school personnel. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I could be in school and be a straight A student and, and if the parent, I mean, the um, teacher think I got a two parent home and come to find out I'm in foster care. Right. You could be in school and tearing it up, failing, getting suspended and everything and they, assume something of you and you could be a foster care or you could not you know Absolutely. and so the book is really just about like answering real basic questions breaking down the stereotype of a foster youth and getting this getting the teacher to really just kind of understand like it really is your job to get to know your student so it's more for the teachers mm -hmm. got you, got you. Yeah, okay. it's for that's, the a, that's amazing yeah. so you don't make you don't see a lot of you know books even ebooks that are catered to teachers mm -hmm. helping students better understand them and teach them better. Yeah. Because, you know, when you think of a teacher, it's like, oh, he, they're teaching, so they should know how to handle, mm -hmm. you know, anybody, yeah. but they don't. Yeah, and, 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 and then they 
you know, I know a lot of teachers, and I know a lot of teachers who work hard, and they do the best that they can, but I've done it long enough to know that, you know, they get stuck, mm -hmm. and they particularly get stuck on youth who are in foster care because the first thing, the first thing is first, who do I even go to for this child to mm -hmm. speak to them about what's going on with this child? Mm -hmm. Because with the foster care, it's like you got a, a guardian who is the county, mm -hmm. you got a parent who might still be involved, a bio parent who might still be involved, then you might have a, a foster parent, or you might have somebody like us, an agency mm -hmm. that's involved, but we care for the child like we're their parent. And, teach, and teachers, they don't even know where to start. They're like, who? Do I even reach out to to say, hey, did you know teeth is failing? You know, right. and so it just. But that matters. But it matters that because if you don't matter. even know who to contact for my livelihood, then you, how, you, it makes it hard for you to show me that you care about my livelihood. I'm not going to speak on teachers and say they don't care. But it makes it hard for them to show or prove or make a student feel like. Mm -hmm. They care for their livelihood when they don't even know who to address about their livelihood. Mm -hmm. So, in the, you know, and it's, it's a quick read, but it answers a lot of questions. It's like 25 pages, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it, it answers a lot of questions just off the top so that you can know how to get started, mm -hmm. you know. And then it's got some worksheets in it to help the teachers bridge the gap between them and their students. Don't let me put you in a position to isolate your foster care students versus the ones who are not foster care. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're here for. Right. So your worksheets are for all the students, but in the worksheets, somehow, if you do it right, it's gonna come out that that youth is in foster care. You're gonna find out like that youth is in foster care. And then that's your way of being like, okay, cool. Now I can say, let me look in his file and say, oh, okay, this is his guardian. This is who I can contact. Mm -hmm. This is who an emergency contact mm -hmm. is. And, you know, and sometimes it's higher than a teacher. Like sometimes it's like a enrollment issue. But I can't solve all the problems. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. But I can't solve every problem. So if I can help a teacher, then, you know what I'm saying? She can get started yeah. in her own. Because, you know, every school is its own ecosystem almost, mm -hmm. you know, heads, students. Yep. President, all that stuff. So that is an amazing um, look, outlook on um, uh, giving something, a resource yeah. to teachers um, to benefit off of and just be a better teacher. That's, yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. And thank then you. I, I want to talk about um, your Crown League. Yeah. Um, so the book is under the Crown League. Yeah. But what is the Crown League? I kind of yeah. want to get people to break that down. So the Crown League um, was an LLC that I had started um, last year. And Crown stands for, you know, Celebrating Results of Women Now. Mm -hmm. And it's under construction. I'll be honest, you know what I'm saying? I'm here for transparency. So I'll be Absolutely. honest, it's under construction. But it, what was, it was originally mm -hmm. about, you know, the, the, the support and the exposure of women. Mm -hmm. Mostly women businesses, but it didn't have to be women businesses. Okay. You know what I mean? It could have been like a mom who just been doing an excellent job because, you know, um, she's raising two sets of twins. I definitely know wow. a woman who I went to high school with and, um, you know, her story goes that, you know, her and her husband, they couldn't, they, they weren't 
conceiving. Like, I'm not gonna say they couldn't because they, they had two sets of twins. Right. They weren't conceiving. And um, they did what they had to do medically and things like that, and they had a set of twin boys. Wow. Then, um, I don't even know if they were trying, but I'd say, within, I'd say within 18 months or so, she got pregnant with twins, with no medical help. Wow. And she had twin girls. So her story is amazing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Her story is amazing. And so that's kind of like what Crown League is about. It, you, you could be an amazing business owner and all that jazz, or you could really just be have an amazing story. You know? women. And it was all about just celebrating and highlighting women. And I don't think it's going to veer too much from that because mm -hmm. I'm not about to change the name or anything like that. But I am, you know, like thinking and revamping how I'm going to make it move forward. Like, okay. how, how am I going to move it forward now? And um, But the book was written under that Crown League umbrella. And so I probably will. Uh, my plan is to expand a little bit on that book that mm -hmm. I, you know, give some, some more insight into very specific things that are already, there's like a five key points in the book. And so that kind of allows me to expand on those on five. On those five, yeah. Yeah, four for sure. Four, four for sure. That's amazing. Yeah, so you're so. more books, more ebooks, mm -hmm. more development. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I am, I am revamping Crown League in my mind. And I'm just trying to decide, you know what I'm saying? Because um, I just do a lot of stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's a, what I do for a living is always what I do for a living. Like mm -hmm. I said, that whole working with youth thing, I don't really see it going anywhere anytime soon. But I just know, like, I do, I just know I can do other things. Mm -hmm. And I had to... Accept that I could do other things. You know how sometimes you just don't like accept you like sometimes you, you really get are. stuck in being who you thought you were mm -hmm. supposed to be. And you you get complacent there, like you get comfortable there. You know yeah. what I mean? And I knew for myself, it was just like, this can't be it. Like I can do other stuff. Like I know I can do other stuff. I just have to remind myself that I can do other stuff, make myself do it. Um, you know, I know enough people. I've been in enough rooms. Um, you know, like I said, like this, my whole story that I told you was all because I knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody, and I just kept reaching out to them. You know and what I'm you saying? And you definitely took advantage of every opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what. That's the key. You know? Yeah. You can know everybody, but as soon as they give you an opportunity, yeah, I can't make this, mm -hmm. or I gotta, da -da -da, or when you get there, you drunk or yeah. you know what oh, I'm saying yeah, nah. you're not mm -hmm. you've always shown professionalism every yeah. step of the way so people are willing to say oh yeah like yeah. you know and I think that's a story that people need to hear like yeah. consistently being ready yeah and that's how I got to um the court like coordinating you know so that fashion show that I hosted mm -hmm. there was a um a scene oh. there was a scene in it oh. and so um the scene, so Style, you know, Styles by Toy was, she was the hosting um, boutique for the show. Okay. And then she has this other boutique in the show, right? And I'm just like, okay, got a lot going on here. Cool. <laughs> Boom. We can do this. So she has um, her boutique friend. And her, her boutique friend, her name is uh, Sharkia. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, I meet Sharkia and she's like, you know, yeah, so this is going to be her scene and it's going to look like this. You know, we'll need you to introduce them and all this stuff. And so Sharkia owns He Loves Curves. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I'm going to be honest, I didn't know anything about it. So I meet her and all this stuff and um, we do the show. And it was cool. It was great. But I don't know if I saw her again. I probably saw her again somewhere. And she was like, yeah, Ebony, I, you know, uh, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about some stuff. I think that uh, you'd be a really good addition to some things I'm about to be working on. Now, she was already doing fashion shows, too. I didn't know that, but she was already doing fashion shows. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, I'll, uh, she's like, just come down to the, sh to the store one day. And I was like, okay, cool. So, um. She was doing it. She was about to do a show. It was going to be at the Real Black Friday. Okay. Outside. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. That shit is fire. Yeah, so shout out to I can't Larisse. wait for that shit. Yeah, shout out to Larice Purnell. He does, um, you know, the Real Black Friday mm -hmm. at this event. I mean, at, um, where's it downtown, at? Downtown, it's downtown uh, at the, the at square. The, at the square. At, at the, the square. square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, when it's, so it's an event where, um. Everybody, you everybody, come out with a vendor table to promote yeah. black business. Yes, yes. I can't seem to. I didn't lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. We so so real quick. Sharkia throws this outdoor fashion show mm -hmm. in where the um, fountains are, mm. and so I co-hosted it with Coco Vaughn and um, Sam. Okay. Sam Long. But I always maybe I just can't kind of help myself because that's one of my innate skills. I'm a host, but I'm like, I always show up to the practices and all that type of stuff. So anytime somebody kind of just like, I don't know, like forget something or they trying to do something, you know what I mean? I don't mind helping them. And so she was like, you know, you're really good at coordinating stuff. Like you're really good at putting stuff in place and saying, hey, do this, do that. Don't forget you're supposed to be over there at this time and all that stuff. So she was like, I really would like you to help me coordinate my show. I got another show. I'm going to do another show in October. Um, that's my fall show. I was like, yeah, bet, I'll help. So I did her October um, 2019 show. Mm -hmm. That was in 2019 in the fall. We did that. It was a it was a go. We were going to do 2020. Canceled it because of COVID. Pushed it back because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Then we finally made it happen this year in March. Wow. So we had a show this year in March, this past year in March. Um, I mean, 2021 in March at the Red Space. Mm -hmm. And so now that's the spring show. So now we're about to have the October show and back at the Red Space, October 3rd. October 3rd. Um, Furs and Swimsuits is what it's called. Okay. And it's going to be a very. Do you have a flyer? I don't have the flyer on me. Like, I got a digital. Yeah, yeah. I'm she's put supposed it in to be. Right here. Yeah, she's supposed to be printing <laughs> this show here. Uh, right here. <laughs> um, right. So. <laughs> She's supposed to be getting printed or whatever. But yeah, so in, in her show always has like anywhere from, you know, seven to eight other designers in wow. it and stuff like that. And back in March we sold over two hundred twenty five VIP tickets. Swear. Yeah. So and then um we probably had a ready. Yeah, we probably had a uh, we had a standing room only show. That's a fact. And then um we looking forward to October. That's so amazing. I I sometimes I'll be like, Yo, Ed, chill out, you're doing a lot, but other times I'll be like, No, it's cool, like it's fun. You know what I mean? I have fun doing it. They're kind of flowing together. They all go together. It's a lot of the same people. Mm -hmm. I end up seeing a lot of the same people, but I always meet some new people. That's the major part. And um, it's just dope. You know what I mean? So tell everybody before we get out of here everything you got. So you got the fashion show in October, October 3rd, right? Yeah. 
and then you have sub, it's the the Nerve DJ eighteen. Yeah, the Nerve DJs um conference anniversary eighteenth eighteenth year eighteenth year anniversary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's in September. Yep. September seventeenth. Yeah, that weekend. That weekend. That whole weekend. That's in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and then. You are the co-host of the Big, Big Half Radio, Radio Show. Show every Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, yeah, where can they get that? Yeah, so you can always listen to us live on WNRV1081.com. Yes. And then we post the show on the Mixcloud app. Okay. So you can always go back and like listen to old ones and everything. Yeah. You know, we interview artists um, in the city, in the, in the region, and in the states. Yeah. So we do interview national artists. You know what I mean? We've interviewed 112. Uh, we've interviewed, um, uh, um, I can't get his name out, but he's from D12. Uh, D, uh, I cannot get his D name. I know D12. But, no, 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 no. Um, Bizarre. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Didn't he just Bizarre. drop a song with Bones Harmony? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, shout so out to him. That's why I'm here hard. We've interviewed, um, like I said, 112. We've interviewed um, St. Bo Bodie. She's mm -hmm. on um, Def Jam. She's mm -hmm. real dope. And, um, and then, like I said, Everybody, everybody in the city. Y'all yeah. talk, talk to everybody. I mean, And you don't have to be an artist, but we focus heavily on artists. Focus heavily on hip-hop yeah. artists yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah. What do y'all talk about outside of um, everything? Everything. <laughs> yeah, we just talk about, we, just you know, we talk about personal stuff. Mm -hmm. We talk about um, things that are current, you know, current news. Yeah. Um, we talk about Hef's life because it's Hef's show and Hef, Hef has a colorful, colorful life. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, Crisis has a colorful life, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So shout out to Hef, Crisis, Ange. Uh, we got DJ Dream on the team now. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, we did have Deb the Voice on the team. That's yeah, our homie too. So shout out That's to Deb the Voice today. and um, the All Righteous pa Podcast. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them and um, my homie T-Rex. He's yeah, the engineer. Yeah, he, he giving us the countdown. Right. So... <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Every Thursday, six o'clock. Like I said, you can, you definitely can listen live. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is part one because I want to actually <laughs> get into more of the um, personality side on being on the radio yeah. and what that takes and stuff like that. But we're gonna save that um, for next time. Uh, is there anything before we get out of here that you wanna, you know, say? I kind of, I kind of call it the get it off your chest time. Just anything you wanna say before we get out of here? I mean, I would. I thought about that that might be a question. You know, I, I didn't know what he was going to ask me. So I'm telling y'all, like, <laughs> as y'all can tell, everything I just said was off the top. But I, um, it's a lot of talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of talk about millennials and, and Gen Z and, like, all this stuff, mm -hmm. right? And I'm a millennial, but I'm an older millennial. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know if people know that, like, millennials were, are, like, um, anyone from, like, born in 81, 82. Wow. Oh, so it's a... They like don't. A lot of people don't know people that. Like the, the millennials start themselves. at the year of being born in like eighty one. Gotcha. And um. And stopped when? Stops at um, ninety six. Ninety six. Oh, I just made it. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, it stops at ninety six. And so, um, I wasn't born in eighty one, <laughs> but I wasn't born in the nineties either. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I can be honest enough to say that, like, I doubted myself for that. Really? This like this is like just like people think music is a young person's game, you know what I mean? I could honestly say that I really kind of thought that media was a young person's game. Not necessarily a young person only, but like you you needed to get your start as a young person. You know what I mean? And they and they 21, 22s or something like mm -hmm. that. 
And um, when I started to meet more and more people in the media, they that's where they were. Like, that's literally where they were. They were definitely 23, 25, you know what I mean? And so it made me just look at myself and be like, okay, I can do this, but how, how do I do this so mm -hmm. that I am myself? Mm -hmm. um, I'm comfortable being myself. But I blend in so much that like they don't know what to think about me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what I get. Like people don't know how old I am. No, they it ain't none of y'all business. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like people don't know how old I am. They don't know. They kind of, unless they already knew me, they kind of don't know where I came from. Right. You know what I mean? Until now. But yeah, that's until, why we're here. Until now. But they know that like I'm a genuine person. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, and they know that they're gonna every get time. the same person every, every time, time. You know. Every and so time. I really had to be okay with just being okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had to be okay with being myself, mm -hmm. not trying to be anybody else, and 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 making that fly. Like I had to make myself fly, which I'm not even sure if I always thought I was. Like you know what I mean? I never. Mm -hmm just had like low self-esteem but I just who I was I was Ebb and I was cool with that like I was cool with being Ebb catch me when you catch me mm -hmm. I'm out you know what I'm saying I come from a different time in the city where there was lots of parties lots of clubs we was having a good time um but I had to be okay with like no it's cool if you Ebb you can you can still be Ebb and that's why I, I that's why I'm still Ebony I did put a twist on it because my name is spelled E-B-O-N-I so I was like, yo, I'm gonna just be, I'm gonna just be Ebony with an I. So you know how to spell my name. Absolutely. And y'all gonna catch me vibe. <laughs> <laughs>